Well, the Hogs were close, but couldn't pull off the upset. But you know, I'm still feeling pretty good about it. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 103.7 The Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Hope everybody's had a wonderful weekend, as I know that there's a lot of things to talk about in uh, today's episode, mainly going to be basketball-driven. We'll get into a little baseball uh, there at the uh, end of the podcast as well. But uh, Arkansas fell short against Alabama on the road. I kind of felt like, uh, if you listen to last week's podcast, I felt like this was going to be a close game. I think it was. I think even said it was going to be a great game, come down to the wire, which it did in, in some respects, maybe not in the way that most people would have thought, but Arkansas loses 86-83. to They lose by three points and had a final shot with Ricky Council to possibly be sending it into overtime but uh, did not go in, and Arkansas now uh, has the season sweep of Alabama uh, this year. And, you know, it's weird, because we'll talk about some of the specific stats and everything that, to come from it as well, some of the drama that surrounded it here too. But I feel good about it. You know, Arkansas played a really good game, especially in the first half. Like, Arkansas was up 37-28 to 28 going into halftime. And you could not have asked for a more picture-perfect basketball half that Arkansas could have played on the road against a team like Alabama. They were spreading the ball around. They didn't have a whole lot of turnovers. They held Alabama to, to poor shooting performance. And, you know, they were do, being smart, being smart with the basketball and uh, being able to uh, to make some, some really big plays. And uh, even if you just look at the first half stats, it's pretty incredible because Arkansas shot 40% from the field. They uh, shot 33% from three-point line. They only went one of three. And then they uh, went eight of nine from the free throw line, where Bama shot 33%, 10% from the three-point line, and then 77% from the foul line. Uh, Alabama had 10 turnovers compared to Arkansas six. Nick Smith had 10 points, led all scorers. Nobody on Alabama had double-digit points. And it just seemed like that was, I mean, perfect. Like That's the type of performance that you would need in this game for Arkansas to uh, to be able to take care of business. But I even tweeted about it as uh, – as halftime started up, then I was like, okay, this is great. You're doing great, Arkansas. But Alabama's really good. They're going to make a run. So you got to weather the storm. You know, the, Eric Musselman always says that there's roughly about three runs in every game. If you win two out of those three, you usually win the game pretty much all the time. You know, it, it's a very high clip as far as the success rate that goes along with it. Well, Arkansas definitely won the run in the first half, but did not win it in the second half and did not win the second one because it did not take very long for Alabama to completely and totally erase that nine-point deficit, so much so that they even took the lead and even led by 12 points, led by 12 points. So night and day difference as Alabama went from scoring 28 points in the first half to 58 points in the second half. Nearly 60 points is what it took to beat the Razorbacks. And uh, there were some frustrations that really poured over. Arkansas offensively, just in that second half, they had good shots. They actually were taking good shots. They had good looks. Just couldn't make them. And then they get to the free throw line. And Arkansas, who shot really well from the free throw line in the first half, in the second half, not so much. They went 8 of 9 first half, and then they go 12 of 20 in the second half. 
And it wasn't even just the fact that they missed eight free throws, but it was the fact that when they missed those free throws, you know, Ricky Council, who's been pretty, pretty good at the free throw line and was good in the first half, goes up and misses three in a row. You know, uh, Devo misses some, uh, you know, just things that were extremely frustrating. Uh, Mikhail Mitchell, I think, missed two free throws uh, there into the game. That was really, really tough. So just about a, I would say about a six to seven minute span of the second half of basketball is what made the difference in this game. Arkansas just couldn't score. Bama could score. And it was pretty much all she wrote. I will give a lot of credit. Now, I'm not someone who's going to be talking about moral victories a whole lot because I don't think it really matters all that much. But I do want to give credit where credit is due. And I think all of you should as well. Arkansas was down by 12 points in this game with like 240 left to go. Like they were down by 12 points with under three minutes to go in this game. And they had a chance to tie it with the final shot of the game. Again, not just here for moral victories, but if there was a way that could make me feel even better about the loss, it was showing that this team did not give up. They did not give up whatsoever. They kept fighting. They kept grinding. It was unfortunately too little too late, but they did everything they possibly could try to right the ship and win this game. Arkansas had three dudes with 20 points in this game. Nick Smith, phenomenal. Uh, 24 points for him. Had uh, six rebounds and an assist. Uh, also had Devo Davis, who had a really good game too. 21 points, 8 of 15 from the field. 3 of 4 from three-point land. Uh, also getting five rebounds. And then uh, Ricky Council, coming off the bench. He had 20 points, 5 of 9 from the field. 10 of 14 from the free throw line. Uh, and only and had one rebound. So it was mainly points for those guys. And then uh, Mikel Mitchell had eight rebounds. You had Jordan Walsh, who had seven rebounds. Uh, again, Nick Smith had six, which was really good. Devo had five. Uh, Anthony Black, though, uh, played played one of his worst games. And, and I hate that for him because he's been so good this year, but really, really had a bad game uh, compared to what we're seeing. He only played 16 minutes because he fouled out of the game. Had three turnovers, only two assists, seven points on two of seven from the field. Uh, got an early foul trouble there and just uh, he, he wasn't he wasn't yeah, it just wasn't his game just wasn't his game he just had to chalk it up uh, to that as well and Nick Smith played all 40 minutes of this game too and Arkansas needed him but then uh, you know Brandon Miller which we'll talk about him and everything that happened with him he had 24 points in this game uh, Quinterly had 16 points off the bench and Sears also had 13 points and then a few other guys got involved there too but still it sucks like it sucks that Arkansas did not do enough to win the game and it sucks that uh they had a lead there at halftime and just was unable to finish and now that i think the most disappointing thing about it is now that it is five games that arkansas on the road has had a lead at halftime and has lost the game five times uh it's the fourth game this year that they've lost by three points um you know baylor was one of those lsu was one of those AM was one of those like they had these close matchups but just couldn't get over the top so, again, it was frustrating, and everybody was frustrated and upset, and some people were just coming up with some of the most ridiculous, like, synopsis of what like what happened. I didn't understand it whatsoever. Some people were just coming out and saying that this is all this game is all on Mus, horrible job coaching, got completely and totally outcoached, and I'm like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? What did Mus do? Because like, people were bringing up all, you know, Anthony Black was a liability. Shouldn't have been in the game. Okay, he all year long has been your second best player. In some cases, your best player on the court. Game after game after game after game after game after game after game. 
And it's not just because of his scoring. It's because of all the other things that he does well. He had a bad game. But because he has a bad, you know, because he got out in, in the first half pretty early. But because he had a bad, like, six, seven-minute stretch, or at least the first six or seven minutes of his game time, you're not just yanking him out when he's one of your best players. Great players have bad games. It happens. But you're just not going to pull him and yank him and then just throw it in and be like, well, Anthony, even though you've been awesome all year long and even though you've been great, we're taking you out of this game because you know, you're, we're going to put somebody else in that's better because there wasn't anybody that was better. But just A.B. had a bad game. And so I, I don't have that any problem with how Mus handled that or how he handled the substitutions or anything like that. Um, it honestly just to me came down to that drought. Arkansas has got to put the ball in the hole. I mean, they again, they had good shots. I think that, uh, of course, defensively, there were some breakdowns there too, and it seemed like they really kind of lost themselves down low. So that was frustrating, but um, you held them the three of 22 from the three-point line, which cracks me up because like those like two of the final three three-pointers came really late in the game. So you did a really good job on the outside, just started letting them get in inside on you, started letting them get to the free throw line where they were making you pay, and you didn't hit your shots. And that stretch is what made all the difference in the world. So now you're uh, now you're sitting where you got two games left. You got at Tennessee and, and Kentucky at home. I still feel really good about those games. I think Arkansas beats Tennessee. I know we'll talk about that a lot more tomorrow, but I just like their chances. I like the way that they're playing right now. And Arkansas's offense has been uh, about as good as you could ask right now as good as you could ask. And in fact, that's kind of what the, the point I wanted to make. And I'm sure people will come after me and start calling me uh, all the names in the book because maybe I'm too positive or too optimistic or, or whatever it may be. And that's fine. That's fine. But if you think about Arkansas and what they've done in three straight games offensively, they've scored 84 points, 97 points, and 83 points. And 83 points against arguably the best team in the country in Alabama on the road. Now look at the games before that. You know how many times that they've actually scored 80 points before that? They scored 88 against Kentucky on the road, which was Arkansas's best shooting performance like of all time in SEC play. And then they scored 81 against AM at home. But besides that, Arkansas really has not scored in the 80s very often in SEC play, if at all. Like most of the time, it was in the 50s or in the 60s. That was it. But what's been the difference? Nick Smith has been the difference. The offense is starting to click. I think the defense is, was, has been really good. Again, the second half was not good for Arkansas against Bama, but um, they're still a dangerous team. And I still think that the reasons Arkansas had lost so many games this year, especially in conference plays, they didn't have the offense to go along with it. You know, think about these are the point totals in some of the games that Arkansas had in conference play and the games they lost. 57 points, 59 points, 69 points, 76 points, 64 points, 64 points, 56 points. Low scoring affairs. But now you got the offense rolling at a, at a pretty high clip compared to what it was before. So I like where they're at. I really do. I like where they're at. I like where they're going. It's a frustrating game to lose to Alabama, especially the way you did and when you had a lead. But I am still I'm still feeling good. I'm feeling good about these final two games. Now, it can change pretty quickly if Arkansas comes out and totally lays an egg against Tennessee on the road. That will be quite the, uh, quite the change. But... I, I think that at this point in time, when you're thinking about the teams that are playing uh, at their best level, Arkansas is playing at their best that they have all season long. And I thought this was a really well put point. I, I wish I could remember who uh, gave it or who put it out there because I'd like to give them credit for it. 
But again, maybe going with the ultimate glass half full thing. Alabama is, at least in my opinion, I think they're the best team in the country. I hate saying it, but it's true. I think they're the best team in the country. And you went on the road to their place and gave them all that they wanted. And then when they came back and it's like started getting, it's like, all right, now we're taking care of business. Now we can put them out of their misery. They didn't. And you stormed back and you nearly tied it up to send it to overtime. Okay? You did that against the best team in the country at their place. If you play that level against almost anyone else in the country, especially at home or on a neutral court, you will beat those teams. Like if Arkansas plays the way that they did against Tennessee or against the way they did against Alabama against Tennessee, Arkansas will beat Tennessee on the road. They'll beat Kentucky at home. I'm not saying they played perfectly against Bama. They lost the game. But I think a lot of credit also has to be given to Alabama too, being at home. So I was just so impressed with that performance and I was so happy with the way that they just went all out about it. And again, I feel great. I feel great about it. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe uh, y'all are just uh, looking at me funny and starting to throw things at me, and that's fine. But I like it. I like where they're at. I like what I saw against Bama, even though, again, I'd rather have won. But we'll see how it goes against Tennessee. This team's playing better. They're dangerous. They're still a dangerous team. And I'm telling you right now, if they go on the road and beat Tennessee, and especially if they beat them in like a convincing way or at least in a, in a good way, which Tennessee's good. Got to give them credit. But they go out and do that, then people are really going to start saying, okay, yeah, this is this is the way it's going. And then you got that big game at Kentucky or against Kentucky at home. It'll be a wild one. And uh, a lot of people, myself included, won't be able to contain themselves and the excitement surrounding it as well. We'll talk about one of the controversies, though. Again, one of the other controversies that happened with this Arkansas-Alabama game here in just a second. But first, got to tell you about Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try Built Bar. And with the holiday season, we've already gone through it. We're getting closer to St. Patrick's Day, which I guess is the next big one. Uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, sweets dealing with that. Well, here's the best thing is that Bilt Bar has so many different delicious flavors to choose from. And a lot of times if you want to go with the green theme, they have that too. They got the mint chocolate flavor, which is really good. I mean, they, all their flavors are really good, but they have peanut butter brownie, they have churro, they have coconut almond. It doesn't matter what it is. All of them taste great. All of them taste amazing, and they're healthy for you. So you got to check them out at Built.com, or you can go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club and check out the boxes that they have there at the pharmacy. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. They have a four-bar box or what, a 13-bar box, depending on where you go. But if you're at a Walmart or Sam's, check out Built Bar in the pharmacy section. And you can also check out their web website at Built.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You are locked on Razorbacks. Your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so moving on into the next segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Uh, I promise, folks, this is going to be the last time I bring up Brandon Miller, at least uh, in this regard. But because it's something that's topical and something that happened in the Arkansas game, I think it has to be discussed. 
because I'm honestly sick and tired of talking about it too, but I'm also sick and tired of Alabama and the people involved being completely and totally tone deaf about everything that's been going on with the situation. So I'll I'll just have this happen here. So basically what it was is that during warmups for Alabama, Brandon Miller has a certain ritual that he goes through when the starting lineups take place. And here is the video so you can just see it for yourself, especially if you're watching here on YouTube. Take a watch. Now that didn't sit well with people. And for those of you who are listening, it was they were patting him, patting him down as if they were searching him for a weapon, kind of like that would happen in, in uh, you know airports or prisons or whatever it is, like that they were patting him down. So really bad look and really toned up. Now I know that this is something that Brandon Miller has done virtually every game, but it doesn't make it right. And when that happened, I, I you know, a lot of people were tweeting about it, saying, How tone deaf can you be? And the Bama fans were coming out in full force saying, hey, does it every game? Does it every game? Jeez, leave the kid alone. Okay, well, how about this? Nate Oates, before his press conference even got started with asking questions, uh, this is how he responded where he wanted to get try to get ahead of it as quickly as possible. So before I get started on the game, it, it was brought to my attention after the game about our pregame introductions. I think that's something that's been going on all year. I don't really know. I'm not, I don't watch our introductions. I'm not involved with them. I'm drawing up plays during that time. Regardless, it's not appropriate. It's been addressed, and I can assure you it definitely will not happen again the remainder of this year. So, so Nate Oates says it's not appropriate. So, all you Bama fans that were saying that uh, he does it all the time, no big deal. Well, apparently, it was a big enough deal to make him stop doing it. So first off, Nate Oates in that in that video, just you can tell he has no, he is so out of his element when it comes to trying to work through crisis management. He has no idea what he's doing. He has no idea what he's supposed to do. He he just you can just tell he is uncomfortable with everything going on as he should be. But you can also at least the vibe I get. I'm no expert, but the vibe I get is it's one of those things too where it's kind of like he knows. He knows what's going on is wrong. He knows what's going on should not be something that's okay. But he can't, he's, he's got to just hold his own. So he's just kind of, you know, fidgeting and then, you know, moving the microphone around and you know, looking down and, you know, going over here and, and you know, just uh, looking away. Like he's just doing all these things to try to distract himself from what the actual problem that is going on happens to be. And it's just, it's, again, really frustrating and annoying. And here's the thing. He's not going to get suspended. Nothing's going to happen to him unless some new evidence arises, which I doubt it will. Maybe it does, but I doubt it will. Nothing's changing on that. But the comments, again, Nate Oates is so bad at this because he sits there and says, like, if he just says less, he will. He would probably be a little bit better. But when he's saying, he's like, I don't, you know, I don't look at, uh, I, I don't look at, you know, pre uh, po- uh so um, introductions or anything I'm, I'm drawing up plays okay even if that's true which i have a hard time believing that in all the games this year you never notice what any of the players are doing in the introductions you have a staff that does you have people under you that do they know what these things are and they know the walk-on that he that patted him down they know they know what his ritual is. 
And so if that's the case and that they do know that, then they should have been the ones that said, hey, that we need to stop. This is a bad look. I know that, you know, you may not mean anything by it, but it's a bad look considering the circumstances. They should have stepped in. Or Nate Oates, which is thin. I still don't have, I still don't believe him in saying that he has no idea what Brandon Miller does. Because I have a feeling that if there was a player on on any other basketball team, even Arkansas, that did the same introduction ritual every single game, I'm sure Musk would have an idea of what it was. You know, I, I'm sure he would. But if that's the case and you didn't know yourself, someone on your staff has to know and someone has to step in. And this is just continues to go with the whole line and the whole premise that you do not care about what happened. You don't care. You say you do. You say your, you know, your thoughts and prayers go to that family and to that woman. And like, oh, you say that, but from all the reports and the way you've handled this whole thing, you started off with wrong place, wrong time. And then this happens, it's like, oh, uh, I don't see it. And then, you know, Bram Miller doing it. It's like, you do not care. And so that's my whole thing with this whole deal. Is just, I understand that if you, you go, you go through the legal system, and I'm even at the point where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm moving on from even the, the way you didn't, you know, you didn't suspend them or anything, which I still, still felt like you should have done. I'm even moving on from that. Because that, that's not going to change anything. I've already discussed that. And I've already said my piece on that. But these are the things that continue to go on and show that you just do not care. You don't care. So stop trying to act like you care. All you care about is winning a championship. All you care about is keeping Brandon Miller uh, eligible and able to play. All you care about is him going out and helping the team win games, which, you know, the way it's going, who knows? Maybe it'll bring you a national championship. And good for you, Alabama, if that happens. But the whole perspective of everyone involved in the situation from the University of Alabama have been completely and totally tone deaf, and it is just horrible. I live. I'm, I feel like I'm always just in a twilight zone about how they on that side just think everything's fine and dandy, and it's just so tone. And then I even now finally Alabama people, some media people, and even some fans. Not all of them, because most of the fans are dumb, but. A lot of the fans were even saying, okay, yeah, we, we, yeah, this is a bad look. And this is a bad look. Of course it is. They know it. They, they should have known it's a bad look, but they don't care. They don't care. So I guess we won't be seeing the pat down. I'm sure whatever, you know, they'll probably do something else dumb or something else tone deaf. And then NATO will have to respond to it once again and just fidget in his seat and just be like, oh, I was, I was, you know, I was over there. I was using the restroom and it happened and I don't know what happened. I was, well, it's okay. Okay, good. Thanks. Thanks, Nate. Glad you got a pulse on your team. So, anyways, enough about that. Hopefully, we don't have to bring up Brandon Miller ever again, but that is something we did have to discuss. Want to do a little bit of Razorback baseball and them winning their first home series of the weekend on the other side, so stay with us. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so final segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, Arkansas baseball takes care of business against Eastern Illinois in their three-game series, uh, but only won two of them. So uh, they took care of business in game one and game two. In fact, they destroyed them in game one, 13-2. Then they destroyed them again in game two, 10-3. So took care of business and uh, really looked good doing it. But in the Sunday game, things did not go very well as Arkansas lost 12 to three in uh, the series finale. Uh, they're six and two on the year. They're still going to be fine. They still won the series because that's really the only thing that matters. You know, as, as those of you who watch college baseball and know college baseball, winning the series, only thing that matters. Uh, you'd love to sweep them, of course. You want to win all the games, but it's not something that's going to hurt you or going to make people think less of you, at least it shouldn't. Uh, at least the people that matter. But, uh, yeah, game three just got out of hand and got out of hand quickly, and Arkansas was just uh, unable to uh, to bounce back. He had a really tough uh, tough showing there out of Hunter Holland, who uh, he did only allow – well, he only allowed two runs, and he struck out four. So he did look good as far as uh, him coming out there and doing enough. But the bullpen is what really uh, got bad because uh, they had to combine ten runs in the seventh and eighth innings alone. Uh, so uh, Adcock struggled. As he came in out of the bullpen, he, he gave up a lot. And, uh, in fact, I think that um, he got two quick outs. And that's what was frustrating, too, is it was all with two outs. And then uh, the Panthers ended up tying the game on a double to right field by Lincoln Riley. Still makes me laugh. It's Lincoln Riley. But they took a 6-3 lead and then back-to-back home runs. And they were up there like that. It was all about six runs. And then uh, after that, then it just got, like I said, the wheels start falling off. Zach Morris came in, did not look good either. Uh, he allowed three of the four hitters he faced reached bases and then uh he then took it over or gage wood took over and then they walked uh, two hitters after that so just wasn't a great performance in game three but again it's fine it's fine arkansas won the series still got some good things going on for them and uh, now they got to get ready for their next game against illinois state on wednesday so uh, that'll be a hopefully a pretty good matchup there and they can take care of business those midweek twos and, and be able to add it up but still the SEC has struggled. Like AM lost their series and almost got swept uh, by a team that like I didn't even know was a team. And honestly, I didn't even know that they uh, existed because I was laughing about it. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is that actually a team that looks good? Is it Portland? Is that the Trailblazers? No, no, Portland. Uh, Portland ended up winning the series. And again, AM won five to four. And they had to walk it off with a two RBI double. So they were down heading into the bottom of the ninth inning, and they had to walk it off. So they didn't look good. Uh, LSU lost a game and looked like trash. Tennessee suspended. Don't even tell, which is still funny to me. But, uh, yeah, so the SEC, you know, there's been some struggles in the opening games, in the opening series for some of these good teams that people have been bringing up. So Arkansas losing one, no big deal, but got a lot more games in front of them and should look uh, hopefully a lot better and get better as the season goes on. But uh, I like the hitting. I like the offense. I like uh, parts of the pitching, too. So it's just about coming together and making it better. And hopefully uh, hopefully it ends up being another good season for the Razorbacks. But either way, appreciate all of you listening into the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter, Buzz John Neighbors, for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.